Hello and welcome to Publishing Inside Out, a podcast that looks behind the scenes at Children's Publisher Maverick. I'm Giles Paddy-Phillips and today for this episode I'm joined by Managing Director Steve Bicknell and Managing Editor Kamara Nye for an episode that we like to call What Makes a Great Picture Book? So, Steve and Kim, what does make a great picture book? I wish we knew. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I've got pretty strong feel, feelings about picture books. Um, all publishers love picture books. I mean, they're very, they're a love, they're a lovely product, um, and it's it's lovely to imagine a mum or a dad or a parent or or whatever um, reading to a child in bed, settling them down. It's a special time, isn't it? It's that a special sort of, yeah. time, yeah. And it's one that children remember yeah. throughout their life, so it's very important. From the child's point of view, they love any book they're read to because they love the attention. Mm. But of course, we live in a commercial world, so um, to give yourself a chance, you've, the first thing I think you've got to uh, concentrate on is a great title. And great titles are rare and really hard to come up with. I've got a few examples of which I think are great titles. I mean, obviously, the recent one has been a massive success is Oi Frog. Yeah, huge. I mean, why wasn't that thought of 20 years ago, you know? Um, It's a fantastic title. I mean, obviously, it's short, it's punchy, but it it sets your imagination off, and that's Mm. what you need. And also, it's open to series, so it means there are other books that you can... Would, follow a big, on from would a big publisher t- 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 <laughs> try and extend it into five different variations? Um, yes, yes, I think they would. I think Oi Puppies was pushing it a bit far. But probably not when they first published Oi Frog. It probably wasn't thought of. No, not necessarily. Um, sales figures probably yeah. dictated that. Uh, another one of my favourites is Aliens Love Underpants. I mean, you know... Who doesn't I, w- I would want to publish that book without even seeing the text. In fact, we we had one book that came up that where that was the case. Uh, Kim said to me one day, this was about nine years ago, probably yeah. in our second year. Very early on. Um, mm. And you came to me and you said, I've got a book called... The Jelly That Wouldn't Wobble. Yeah, there you go, you see. The Jelly That Wouldn't Wobble. When you talk to people about... I mean, people that are listening now that have never read the book, I hope most of you are thinking, gosh, that sounds really interesting. That sounds like it should be a great children's book, which it is. <laughs> um, the other one that um, I like as well, which um, I'm going to talk about alliteration, because most, um, when we get loads of submissions in, and we have thousands, so I keep saying that, um, lots of first-time authors over-alliterate. Mm. They think they've got a great title just because it's got an alliteration in there is one book which has an amazing amount of alliteration, which is The Tiger That Came to Tea. And nobody's ever going to beat that for alliteration, are yeah. they? You know. um, but on another um, angle, the one that I really like is We're Going on a Bear Hunt. Because yeah. it has, you know, there's no alliteration in that, not really. Uh, and but it's a story it's, in itself. But it's a story in itself, mm. and it's got that lovely... Well, lyrical yeah. quality. Mm. You and know you, that it's going to be a lyrical be book. A, yeah, a lyrical book. You know. What about you, Kim? What do you think makes a great picture book? Um, well, with pitch books, I think that although you have to have a good title, I think to follow up on that good title, you need to have um, brilliant illustrations, 
And with the illustrations, you also need to have a brilliant cover because the what um, a customer or someone who goes into a shop is going to see first is the cover. And I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but everyone does. Do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so, um, so to go with that fantastic um, title, you have to have the right typography, the right illustrations, and it all sitting right on the page so that when someone walks and sees hundreds of books on the shelf, that one stands out. Yeah. Um, we have, um, on our submission guidelines, we have a uh, word count of no more than 650 words. Personally, I think for picture books, a, the shorter you can get it, the lower the word count, the stronger the book. Because the illustrations are supposed to carry the story and keep the child interested. I mean, a child of two can't read to start with, you know, and you and they have very short attention spans, mm. as you know. So they're going to be looking at the pictures and interacting with the, the adult all about the with the illustrations. So I love to see a book that can be, or a story that can be told in 350 words. Kim has quite strong views that we, we must have a proper story um, in our picture books. Yeah, so I think one thing that I really say is a very important thing to Maverick, and we do often say with a lot of our books, is that stories come first in some ways. You've got to have a story which is um, great fun to read aloud, um, and it's got to hold the children, uh, children's interest. And I think if, even if the story is 500 words long, if it's a good enough story and the illustrations are engaging enough, I think a child would still follow it. Yeah. Uh, we also like a story that has a soft moral message, but it's not preachy. Uh, we also like a story that's funny as well. So... Definitely. I think one of the things that really stands out when we're having our editorial meetings, when the submissions are read out loud is if something makes us laugh, um, because we read a lot of stories. So if something actually makes us laugh, then it's going to be, you know, good fun. Yeah, that's true. Also, so uh, apart from the title, um, and you obviously you've got a good story, you need a, a good ending. Um, great endings are really hard to write, really hard to write. And quite often, well, the ending will be edited to and fro with the author a dozen times yeah. probably yeah know. and I, th I think one of my favorite types of ending is when you turn the last page and there's only one or two words on the last page so it it's quite an abrupt ending but it's also conclusive you kind of turn the page and you go ah yeah brilliant ending so I think I think I remember is... hearing Julia Donaldson, obviously Julia Donaldson, yes. who's got quite a fairly she's quite good, well known. fairly she, good track record. She's, she's quite well known. Yeah, <laughs> she 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 writes picture books like she writes a you'd write a joke so that you okay. have With build up, build line. up, build up, and then you have a punchline at the end. Hmm. I have when we talk to authors, they all have different methods of um, creating a picture book text. I mean, some do it in pages so that they like they try to draw, you know, stick men or whatever to get their initial story in pages and then they write towards it. Um, personally, I think if someone's got, a writer's got an idea mulling around in their head, they drink half a bottle of vodka and they write it in five minutes, <laughs> then you've got, you've probably got, you know, a pretty good picture book. <laughs> because because it, you want that natural flow, you mm. know. Um, I think a lot of people that submit you know, they can write, um, but they're not naturally gifted 
picture book writers. Mm. I mean, they are rare. They really are rare. But then that is where, like, obviously editors come in. You know, everyone needs help, whether it's through, obviously, an editor or going to a critique group or anything like that. It is all very well, obviously, writing the book initially in five minutes, but then sometimes you want to go go back and kind of relook at it and you might have a fantastic idea, like, you know, ten days later. Editing is... Uh, there's going to be a whole episode on editing. It, mm. It's it's very very important. It's a very very skillful job. It's not easy. Well, definitely, sort of going back to what you were saying about honing that story down to a very short word count. You yeah. Know, obviously, you need a skill as a writer, but you obviously need incredible skill as an editor to get it to that. Yeah. Um, also, one of the the reasons I think for the low word count is so that you can have your text placement on a pa- on the page mm. right as well. So it doesn't dominate. It helps the story flow along. Um, and it, and it, it, you've still got a good visual look. You know, mm. if you've got masses of text on a page, um, I mean, I, I'm a bit sort of an anorak, really. I mean, I go into bookshops and I just stand there for half an hour. I watch people pick up books mm. and I study their habits of how they look at books. It's really fascinating. People pick up books, they look at the cover, they turn over and look at the back. They then flick, most people flick from the back to the front, but they flick through and then they'll settle on a page. Now, if, there's, if they settle on a double page where there's masses and masses of text, you're thinking, oh, maybe not, you know? Um, so, you know, we're a relatively unknown publisher, so... When we get books on shelves, we want to give ourselves the very best possible chance of someone that uh, picks up that book of taking it to that magic place, the till. Because unless anybody buys our books, we won't stay in business. Well, maybe not just the till, because obviously there's libraries, <laughs> libraries as well. Um, oh, we love libraries. We Don't love libraries. Yeah, <laughs> libraries are fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that. It is very important to have the text placement right. Um, it is very important when you're laying out a book that you don't have the text run in an unnatural way because people read read the story wrong. Then, mm. so you do. It's that is very important when it gets to it. And it's something that we as publishers yeah. have to consider. Well, I was going to say, as an editor, when you get a text and you think, "Well, this is a great text," are you instantly thinking about how it will look? I quite often, yeah, I quite often will read something and think how it will look. Obviously, as Steve mentioned, some of the authors do actually submit to us with how they think it looks. And I don't always follow that. Mm. Sometimes I do because they've written the page turns in. Um, And I think page turns, especially in children's books, are very important Mm. um, because you want to have a surprise on nearly every page. You don't want all the illustrations to look the same all the way through. One thing that we always try and do with the illustrations is not have too much blue sky and Mm. green grass because otherwise it becomes a bit repetitive. And I think it's the same with the words. You've kind of got to have something new, something unexpected Mm. on the next page. There could come a time when there's no green grass in the world, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) There's a picture book in there somewhere. But would, would I was just going back to that though, sort of visualizing it as the finished article. Would that, when reading a text, would that maybe determine whether you decide to take that book on or not? 
Um, it can do. Sometimes if I really can't decide on a text, then I will lay it out. Mm. I will work with the author with the book as a layout rather than as just say like a text document and manuscript and that really helps because then you can see the illustrations a lot clearer mm. and you can see what you think will will work i think one thing is when we're doing a editorial day if we've got a text that is okay but not sort of everybody thinks it's fantastic but it's got incredible scope for brilliant illustrations mm. that can sometimes sway us to go Okay, let's let's take this book on. Yeah, I wholly agree with that. Mm. So, given that you've published nearly two hundred and fifty books now, uh, have you got to that point where you know what makes the best p picture books? I think that's a very interesting question, Giles. Um, I think you're learning all the time. Obviously, uh, you're honing your skills. I'd like to think we are. Uh, I know our books now are like a hundred times better than when we started. Um, so I don't think we're far away from actually publishing, you know, something that could be a, a really big bestseller. And somebody listening to this podcast could be writing it right now. So that's very exciting. Obviously, Steve's got his own ideas on this. Kim, how, how close do you feel that you are to getting to that holy grail of the, of the perfect picture book? I think that the thing is, is with picture books it's very much dependent on the market and everything seems to change all the time um but i'd like to think that our books are right up there um i love some of the books that uh, we're working on at the moment and i think the texts that we're getting through are fantastic and the illustrators um that i work with are brilliant so hopefully we will reach that holy grail at some point in the future Fantastic. Pretty close, I reckon. <laughs> well, thank you both very much. Thank you, Charles. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Publishing Inside Out. If you want to learn more about Maverick Art Publishing, you can visit their website, which is maverickartspublishing.com, or you can follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Maverick Books. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Mm -hmm.